You are listening to the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, Eve Vanderbilt, with his trusted canine co-host, Woody, where we bring it to you raw, unfiltered, with no chaser. And once again, welcome to the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Eve Vanderbilt here, of course, with my trusted canine co-host, Woody. How you doing, buddy? Woody's doing great, ladies and gentlemen. Woody, Woody's saying, you know what? This is a crazy world we live in. You see it. We see it. We all know what's going on. And the media just continues to lie, lie, and lie. I've been saying it, and I'll say it again. Our mainstream media in this country is absolutely worthless. So on today's show, we're going to talk about COVID, how it ties into the election. This is going to be an interesting one. It's food for thought, if you will. Food for thought. Uh, going to talk about some of the censorship that's going on and what they're doing to President Trump and what they're doing to this show. So let's start off with that. Let's start off with what's going on with the PBL podcast. Well, we're not going away, and we may be deplatformed at some point in time, but we're not going away. But we're going to tread cautiously. Now, uh, I could sit here and I could say that I don't care what they think. I'm going to say what I want, do what I will. And you know what? I will, and I am. But I'm going to change how I do it a little bit because the left right now is on such a totalitarian tear uh, that they are deplatforming conservatives left and right. They're, Twitter continues in their purge. In fact, I'm losing probably about 150 to 200 accounts a day. Honestly, it's hard to keep up. I, I may be more because as soon as I get some, I keep dropping down. Uh, it's got to be well over 6,000 people just from my Twitter feed have been purged. Now, Twitter wants you to think there's only been 70,000 that's been purged and their QAnon accounts. Uh, that's not true. We know that's not true. They know it's not true. But, you know, they're not going to tell us the truth. But well, here's what's going to happen is when they have to report their first quarter earnings, they will report usage. And so we'll see it then. Now, you're probably thinking, wait a minute, E, they, they just will say what they want to say. Well, they're a public company. There are a lot of regulations, a lot of laws. So I'm not sure they can do that. So we'll see. We'll probably see it with Facebook as well. So now a lot, I know a lot of people are just deplatforming themselves based on this censorship of big tech. They're just saying, I'm done. I'm getting rid of my Facebook account. I'm getting rid of my Twitter account. I know a lot of conservatives that have done that. I'm not going to do that. And here's why I'm not going to do that. Twitter and Facebook, and I don't do a whole lot on Facebook. I just do a post a show. Um, a couple of times I'll post articles, but I'm more active on Twitter. They are the largest platforms. They are a larger audience. To get the word out, you still need to be on those platforms. A lot of you who I, I, I've gotten to this show and that I've interacted with and that I even have had on the show have come from Twitter. And from Facebook. So uh, it's still a platform that's one of the larger platforms out there. But if you make a decision that you're getting off of Twitter, off of Facebook, off of those, me those social media sites, I can't blame you. More power to you. Now with Facebook, I just got a video pulled and it was a video pulled on Ashley ba uh, Babbitt. And I, I think I recorded it about four or five days ago. And what they claimed was that somehow it violated their policy of spam uh, um, threats or something like that. It was very ambiguous. And then when I appealed, almost immediately the appeal was denied. And you can't do anything after that. So if, moving forward, I'm probably not going to show a whole lot of videos when I do a, a Google, I'm sorry, a um, this wasn't Facebook, uh, YouTube video. I'm probably just going to show play some audio. Uh, I've been clipped a couple of times for copyright issues, and it's always in Japan, which is really interesting. So moving forward, you'll probably hear some audio, probably not as much video. I'll play it by ear until the dust kind of settles because I want to continue on these platforms so people can find it. But if you are listening to this on the um, YouTube platform, if you're watching this on the YouTube platform, if one day you show up or you're wondering what happened to that show, the PBL podcast, that guy, Eve Vanderbilt, I haven't heard, uh, I haven't gotten an alert from him in a while. It's probably because they banned me. Uh, if you're wondering why you hadn't seen a tweet from me in a while, if you're on Twitter, it's probably because they banned me. So they, they are active in their pursuit 
to purge conservatives. So that's that's the first thing about the show, what's going on right now. So just a slight program note. Now let's get into the news of the day. Let's get into the point that I want to make here. Um, if you are paying attention, if you're watching CNN, I apologize for you. I don't know why anybody would watch CNN at this point. In fact, I encourage everyone to stop watching uh, CNN, MSNBC, and yes, Fox News, because they have all gone far right and totalitarian. Now, CNN is the most egregious. Now, Fox News, people, you know, the left, they think Fox News is such a right-wing organization. They're not. I mean, the Fox News ratings are down about half right now. They're down about 50%. So Fox News is losing their audience left and right, and it's because they've gone left. I'm sorry. They just have. Ben Rhodes, who is Obama's speechwriter, his brother, I think his name is Brian Rose or whatever, a Ro- I don't know who cares what his name is, is high up in Fox News, and he's being talked about uh, replacing the current president of Fox News. So you will have shortly at Fox News, as the president of Fox News, a far left radical. So um, yeah, that's going to go really well, isn't it? That should do really well for Fox. That should really give that fair and balanced reporting back to where it was, right? So yeah, so they're going to they're they're wondering, they're sitting over there scratching their heads going, hey, what, what happened? How come we're losing all our audience?" While the left is still calling Fox News fascists and is still trying to rail on Fox News as if they lie and obfuscate and do all this stuff. When Fox News is like, "Oh no, no, no. We we are center. We're center left now. You can watch us. We're good. We're safe." But what they they fail to see is the left never forgives. So if you are Fox News and you all of a sudden decide to go to the left, well, the left's going to go, well, that's okay, but we still want to destroy you. It doesn't matter. They never forgive. So Fox News, it's an exercise in futility. They're just pissing away millions and millions of dollars. So CNN is the most egregious because they try to say they're middle of the road. They're not. Have you noticed on CNN they dropped the COVID death tracker? Remember, on the if you watched it, you saw on the right side of their screen um, COVID number of COVID deaths, the number of COVID infections. It was just an ongoing ticker, like a little stock ticker, all day, every show. And if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong on this, at the bottom of the commercials, they still ran the death tracker. Well... Once the inauguration happened and Joe Biden became our 46th president of the United States of America, they're not doing that anymore. Isn't that odd? Think about that. Now, I, I mean, you're a smart audience. Uh, we all know why they were doing this. We know, we know why they, stopped, they dropped it. You know, um, it was reported that on Inauguration Day, 8,000 people died of COVID. It was reported yesterday, 3,600 people died of COVID. But it's going to get better. COVID's going to get better. You know why COVID's going to get better? Because here, here's an article from PJ Media. The World Health Organization finally updates its COVID-19 testing policy one hour after Biden's inauguration. I'm not going to get into the technical detail, the goobly gawk of all this, but what it translates into, in absence of symptoms, a high CT value means that your high CT values, when you're tested for this, highly unlikely to become ill or get anyone sick in the absence of very recent exposure to an infected person. Now, Dr. Fauci knew this, and he was saying that at first we don't have to test everybody. Then he was saying we have to test everybody. Now they're all saying, well... We don't have to test everybody. I mean, we could probably slow this down and, you know, back up a little bit. It's not as dire as uh, we had you believe while Donald J. Trump was your president. So think about that. I'm about to make a point here that I'm going to tie something in. They lied to you. They lied to me. They lied to us about the COVID. I've been saying this for a while that it's a scamdemic, plandemic. Well, now, as soon as Biden's inaugurated, CNN drops his death counter, uh, his death tracker, and the World Health Organization changes its tune, and Fauci changes it right after Biden is inaugurated as president of the United States. Do you ever get the feeling that you've been cheated? A famous line from Johnny Rotten of the Sex Pistols, do you ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Now think about this. Here's the tie-in. If they, the infamous they, they being the left, and who knows what other power brokers, are willing to lie about this, 
what else are they willing to lie about? So they're willing to tell you you can't go to your favorite restaurant. But now all of a sudden, you know, Cuomo up in New York's opening up the restaurants. Other leftist governors are opening up their states. Uh, the mayor of Washington, D.C., I'm looking at a headline of an article right here. What a coincidence. Washington, D.C. mayor lifting indoor dining ban two days after Biden inauguration. If they're willing to shut down the economy to cripple America to get rid of Donald J. Trump, don't you think they'd be willing to fix an election? If they're, if they're willing to do this with a pandemic, this to the American people, nay, the world, don't you think they're also willing to go so far as to fix an election? How can you not suspect this election? I hear uh, the middle of the ground Republicans, if you will, because I won't call them conservatives. I'm tired of calling them conservatives because they're not. They are middle of the ground, and I won't call them never Trumpers because it's a played out term. These are people in the GOP who play the middle because they get power from the left. The left allows them a little bit of power. We have a lot of politicians like that. Toomey from Pennsylvania is one that comes to mind. Uh, my very own governor here in Georgia, Brian Kemp, comes to mind. Brad Rastenberger, the Georgia Secretary of State, comes to mind. And if those middle of the rotors are wanting Trump out in the worst of way, because they were, because Trump was um, threatening their way of life, what would they go to? What else would they stoop to? So if they, again, the infamous they, are willing to put a pandemic on the world to get rid of Trump, do you really not believe that they wouldn't go as far as to fix an election? to somehow manipulate or do something nefarious in the election, if they're willing to economically cripple America to get rid of them, but they knew that wasn't enough, they had to take it another step. I'm sorry. I, I was, I'm watching this play out these last couple of days where all this, and I, I talked about this. We talked about this on the show several times that all of a sudden COVID's going to go away, but now, you know, and you start thinking, wait a minute. They did it. I mean, the World Health Organization changed their tune one hour after Biden was inaugurated. One hour. CNN dropped their COVID death tracker immediately. Now, I was, I was giving CNN a little bit of a pause, a little pass. All right? you know, they were fawning over Biden for the inauguration. So I was going to say, okay, let, let's let them fawn, have their, you know, their, their uh, pomp and circumstance. And when they get back to reporting news on their regular shows, it'll pop back up. Let's see if it does. Well, it didn't. Tells you a lot, doesn't it? You know, forget MSNBC. They're so far to the left anyway, it doesn't really matter. So, so you got that. And now you've got Biden's mask mandate, his 100-day mask mandate, that, by the way, he has already broken. And here's his 100-day mask mandate. It's also known as a mask challenge because he's challenging everybody to wear a mask for 100 days. Oh, it's going to be convenient after that day 100 comes, don't you think? You know, but the good news is you're not going to have to wear your mask after that 100 days. Watch, watch. You know that's going to happen. So he puts this edict out because all he can do is mandate federal rules and government offices, buildings. So he puts this government federal mask mandate that you have to wear a mask in um, government buildings. And he immediately broke it. He immediately broke his very own mask mandate by going to the Lincoln Memorial with his family. And he was, uh, his press secretary, his new press secretary, uh, was called out on it. Let's see, what is her name? I'm um, looking for her name right now. Jen Saki or Pascal, I don't know how you, P-S-A-K-I. She's a holdover, by the way, from the Obama administration. So anyway, Steve Ducey of Fox News, uh, not Steve Ducey, um, Steve Ducey. A son, I can't remember his name either. I'm bad with names. If you've listened to the show, you know I'm bad with names. Ducey. Ducey is the reporter, and he's actually turning in for a decent reporter. I remember when he first started out, he's kind of clunky because he was young, he was new. You know, his dad was a big wig at the network. He's kind of coming to his own. So he challenged her about this. So listen to this exchange. Go ahead. Why weren't President Biden and all members of the Biden family masked at all times on federal lands last night if he signed an executive order that mandates masks on federal lands at all times? 
at the inaugural memorial, yes. I think, Steve, he was celebrating uh, an evening uh, of a historic day in our country, and certainly he signed the mask mandate because it's a way to send a message to the American public about the importance of uh, wearing masks, how it can save tens of thousands of lives. We take a number of COVID precautions, as you know here, in terms of testing, social distancing, mask wearing ourselves, as, as we do every single day. But I don't know that I have more for you on it than that. But as uh, Joe Biden often talks about, uh, it is not just important the uh, example of power, but the power of our example. Was that a good example for people who are watching who might not pay attention uh, normally? Well, Steve, I think uh, the power of his example is also uh, the message he sends by signing 25 executive orders, including um, almost half of them related to COVID, Uh, the requirements that we're all under every single day here to ensure we're sending that message to the public. Yesterday was a historic moment in our history. He was inaugurated as president of the United States. He was surrounded by his family. We take a number of precautions, but... I don't think, I think we have big, bigger issues to, to worry about at this moment in time. Go ahead, Anita. Yeah. You mentioned, oh, sorry, Jeff. Uh, let me go to Jeff, Anita, because I already went to you if that's okay. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, they have bigger issues to deal with at this time. Bigger issues than wearing a pesky mask. It was a celebration, Ducey. What's your problem? He was celebrating with his family. You know, like you were back in Thanksgiving and like you were during Christmas time. And that was bad. But he's Biden. He's Joe Biden. He's a president. It was a historic moment, Ducey. What's your problem? You know that's what she was thinking. So they have bigger issues to deal with than COVID-19. But then why if this happened? Wait a minute. If she's got bigger issues to deal with in COVID-19, then why then did they have to sign all those executive orders regarding COVID-19? Yeah, we all know. Rules for thee, but not for me. It was the epitome of hypocrisy. Literally, hours after he signed the executive order mandating masks on federal property. He goes to the Lincoln Memorial, which is a federal property with his entire family maskless. Rules for thee, not for me. You know, and if you look at this whole nonsense that is COVID-19, the Biden administration is saying that the Trump administration left them with nothing that they got to start from scratch in rolling out the vaccines. They got to, everything's got to be from the beginning because, because Trump, he's, he's so incompetent. He left us nothing. We got to start from scratch. So I got a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? What is it? Let's hire Fauci. What? Wait, whoa, what? Huh? But I thought Fauci was the guy who was rolling it out for Trump. Yeah, I know. But now it's Biden, right? Oh, that makes perfect sense. No one ever said. Yeah, it's all BS, and you know it's BS. So, so the, this, this is what we can expect from this administration moving forward. you got Biden already giving speeches, coughing into his hand, which you're not supposed to. Remember Jake Tapper a while ago, Karen Tapper, says he's got to cough into his elbow like this? <coughs> but no, Biden goes, he's coughing into his hand, spreading his COVID germs all over the place, not wearing a mask at the age of 78, highest risk category. We think he got vaccinated, but we don't know. And speaking of vaccinations, uh, the word just came out, the news just came out as I was recording this, that Hank Aaron had passed away. He's 86 years old. So uh, rest in peace, Mr. Aaron, and kudos to the achievement that you've had in your life and what you overcame. Now, I, I bring this up not because I am a, I'm not a baseball fan. I'm not a sports fan at all. I think if you listen to the show, you've heard me say that. Uh, But Hank Aaron, he's an iconic figure and overcame so much and achieved so much in his time. So kudos to him uh, for what he achieved, breaking down racial barriers, being the home run king, all of that stuff. He, He needs to be praised. He's in the history books as well. He should be. And it's tragic when anyone dies. He was 86 years old. Now, at the... In the article that I tweeted out from the Wall Street Journal, this was the last line in the article. If you read the whole thing, 
This is the very last line. It's the last sentence. Okay, not the last paragraph, mind you. The last sentence in this Wall Street Journal article announcing Hank Aaron's death. His last tweet posted on January 5th featured him announcing that he had received the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, the, they put that, I, I've mentioned this before, the media, whatever they don't want you to read, they put at the very end of an article. And isn't it interesting that they put that at the end of the article? And I think what's more so interesting is if this had happened during the election, if, uh, God forbid, Hank Aaron died sooner, you probably would be reading that he died from COVID complications. Or they may have, if, if Trump had won the election, they would be using this to bash the vaccine rollout and that Hank Aaron died because of Trump's incompetence in rolling out the vaccine. That's the, the sad part. And it's also the reality of where we are as a nation and where we are uh, as a political party, who runs our country. The Democrats are just horrible, horrible people. I'm sorry if you're a leftist listening to this, you shouldn't be part of the Democrat Party. But actually, if you're a leftist listening, you are part of the Democrat Party because you're a leftist. If you're a liberal listening to this and you once were part of the Democrat Party, I would highly suggest you never go back to the Democrat Party. The Democrats are dangerous. They are heading us down a path of destruction in our nation, and it's time we open our eyes and recognize it. Look at what's going on right now. The media is in full full um, alignment with the Democrat Party. They had been for a while, but they're not even hiding it anymore. Look at CNN taking down their COVID death tracker. Uh, look at um, everything going on in the media right now, how they are giving a cover to the Democrats already. Biden is already a hypocrite on his mask mandate. Steve, the Ducey, Ducey from Fox who, who challenged that will probably not be invited back. They're probably going to try to find a way to shut him down. And look at what big tech's doing to you. This is all from the left. They want to suppress you because they want you to sit down and shut up. They're tired of having to actually give you any, any credence. They don't, they don't want to give you anything. They want you shut out. So let's talk about parties in America, the Democrat and Republican Party, because what's going on right now is Americans are pissed. Uh, Republicans who are, let's not say Republicans because Mitch McConnell is not pissed. He's happy as a clam. Uh, people who voted and supported President Trump are pissed. They're pissed. They feel like their vote was stolen. Why wouldn't they feel like that? Look at the lie from the, the scamdemic, plandemic, <sighs> scaredemic. Look at the lies. It's obvious they were using that to take Trump out. I mean, CNN, really, all of a sudden, they're going to drop that COVID death banner. The World Health Organization, all of a sudden, an hour after Biden's administration is in play, are going to change how they look at how they align who has COVID or who should be tested. I mean, it is so painfully obvious. How can you not think that your vote might have been stolen. Because look at the lengths they will go. It's unconscionable. So you've got the Republican Party, you've got the Democrat Party. Those are your two choices in our presidential elections. Those are your two choices typically in our senatorial elections. Those are your two choices typically in our congressional elections. So you've got 74 million angry people yeah, angry. We'll use the word angry. And it doesn't mean they're going to incite a mob. They're not angry mob incited people. They're just pissed because they feel their vote was stolen. They feel their political class, the political powers that be are having rules for thee and not for me. I mean, Biden's mask mandate and what he actually did with masks, not wearing them on federal property is a perfect example of that. So they're, light, they're, they're rightfully thinking about, I'm going to start a third party. You know, what's bubbling around now is the Patriot Party, right? They're talking about starting a third party, the Patriot Party. Well, here's the problem with that. And I've been hinting about talking about this for I haven't talked about it yet because I wanted to think this through because I'm angry too. My emotions are running too. My emotions say I want to start a third party. And with, with full transparency here, I'm not a member of the Republican Party. 
I'm a registered libertarian. Now, the Libertarian Party, great ideals. That's why I align with them more so than I do the Republican Party. But the Republican Party, their ideals, I align with more, way more so than the Democrat Party. The Democrats are so far left. I mean, they're basically communists at this point. So, uh, But I know the Libertarian Party has been highly ineffective in getting any traction. They keep putting up lousy candidates. They keep running lousy campaigns. Now, the Libertarian Party, if they're to make any kind of play, they're going to have to make a play at the very low level of government in each county. They have to, they've got to start at county. They, don't need, they can't even start at state. They've got to start at county. And I think they should. But I don't believe that a third-party option is viable. And here's why. Let's use the Patriot Party as an example. So it, right now, when a candidate runs, you've got typically a Republican, you've got typically a Democrat. They run for the President of the United States, and they both vie for those 270 electoral votes. And the one that gets the most electoral votes wins. We all know that. We're not going to run through that piece. Now, our government, our system of government is set up to where multiple parties can run. And, but the problem with that is if multiple parties run, then it splits up the electoral vote. Now, this has happened twice in our history, the election of 1800, the election of 1824, where there were third parties or three parties running, split the electoral votes. None of the candidates got enough electoral votes. The top three go and are voted on at the state level. Each state gets a vote. Now, here's the problem with that. And both of those elections, by the way, I think one of them was John Adams one, the other was uh, Thomas Jefferson, I believe. I could be wrong. I'm not looking at the data. I'm just go going off the top of my head. They were the establishment candidates. They were the candidates in the major parties. They were the candidates where more states aligned with their party than the other guy. So they won. And that's what would happen right now. Let's say we had it happen in this election. If Trump was a Republican, uh, Biden was a Democrat, and let's just say some Yahoo was the Patriot Party candidate, and I don't mean to call him a Yahoo, please, I don't mean any disrespect on that, I just couldn't think of a name to use, but let's say there was somebody there, and they, they all got the equal thirds of a vote. Well, Trump would be the president right now because the majority of the state legislatures are ran by the, the Republicans. So unless you attack this from a grassroots effect, effort it's it's pointless because it, it'll only give the main the party that has the majority of the state states under control or the states following them you, you can't win an election as a third party right now in america and what it would do right now is it would be a not a, the, the democrats wouldn't walk with the election they'd run with it they'd have it whole lock barrel if a patriot party came up right now because not all 74 million of those who voted for Trump would go to that Patriot Party. Maybe a large chunk would, but probably not even half. That's just not how it works. And the Democrats would just win in landslides, and they would uh, solidify even more power. The, if you wanted to do this third-party run, it would take you a generation, and maybe two generations to make it happen. And even then, I'm not sure. It's never happened in the history of America. It just hasn't. The numbers aren't there. So here we have a problem that we're frustrated. We're disenfranchised. 74 million of us feel disenfranchised what happened in this election, and rightfully slow. So what should we do about it? Should we start a third party, the Patriot Party? No, that's not the answer. The answer is take over the Republican Party. The Republican Party has the infrastructure. They've got all the mechanisms in place to run a major election. They've got the funding apparatuses all set up. They've got the, the statewide infrastructure. It's all there. What we need to do is get candidates in there, conservative candidates, patriots in there. You can run your patriot candidate, but they need to run as a Republican, and they need to unseat these establishment Republicans. That is how we affect change. And if you want to make sure these elections are, are real, these elections are safe, these elections are accurate, these elections are fair, you got to fight back with this mail-in voting. That's how the Democrats did it. They won through the mail-in voting scam. That was bar none. That was it. That's how they did it. I mean, there's always election fraud somewhat, and a few people have been arrested, and usually it's a little small election fraud. Usually it's from the Democrats. Now, some Republicans have before you left go half cock, but majority of the times it's a Democrat, and what that means is Republicans had to win just a little bit more to offset that cheating. 
You're not going to get that with the Patriot Party. You're going to lose. You're going to give everything to the Democrats. And we're already seeing what they're going to do. Joe Biden did 25 executive orders already. I think on Trump's, uh, I saw a tweet on this, Trump's first uh, first few days, he, it was a handful of executive orders. I think Obama had the most at eight. Uh, Trump may have been one. Bush may have been like two, three. Reagan was one. Joe Biden, 25. So you already see what the Democrats would do. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. A third-party option is a bad option. You would just be giving the power to the Democrats, and they would take it wholeheartedly and thank you for it. Actually, they wouldn't even thank you. They wouldn't even give you a – I'm not going to go there. So that's where my take is on this. We need to grassroots the Republican Party – Get rid primary the um, establishment Republicans. You know, let's talk about Mitch McConnell. He's so embedded in politics. If he was primaried, uh, it would be very difficult because he has so much power in Washington. He would cut funding to certain areas of the state of Kentucky to get them to vote for him or else. Mob tactics. And absolutely, Mitch McConnell would do that. Absolutely. But you got Liz Cheney. By the way, Mitch McConnell's already been censured by some local Republicans. Uh, Lynn Cheney in Wyoming, the only Congress person in Wyoming because they're just a small state. By the way, if you know somebody in Wyoming, please, please send them a link to this show and please have them. Please have them uh, a listen. Just one. I just need one listen from Wyoming. Every state in the union I've got to listen from except Wyoming. So if you know Lynn Cheney, if somebody could send a copy of the show to Lynn Cheney and say, Lynn, you should listen to this. He's talking about you. All you need is one listen. So she's on the board. I just want Wyoming on the board. So if you know somebody in Wyoming, help me out. So Lynn Cheney's been censured from the Republican Party of Wyoming. So you know, people are pretty upset. State overwhelmingly what Trump, Liz Cheney's probably not going to be in Congress next time. So she's got she's a got little under two years to fix whatever it is she just did, but I don't think she can. That's the answer to this, ladies and gentlemen. It is not a new party. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. I know a lot of people want to say, no, we can do this. Well, show, show me the math. Show me in the history of the United States of America that it actually did happen. Show, show the examples. There, there are none. Uh, and don't show me the Whigs because when the Whigs were part of it, we didn't really have Republicans or Democrats. Now, I would love to see the Democrat Party go away. I've mentioned that a lot. I believe they should be the party that's cancel cultured out. They are the longest political party running in the United States of America. They are the party of slavery. They are the party of Jim Crow. They are the party of segregation. They are the party of the KKK. They are the party of Antifa. They are the party of BLM. They're the party of the communists as well. I would love to see the Democrat Party cancel culture out. But it's not going to happen. We know that. You know that. Uh, but it should happen because they're detriment to America at this point in time. And here is the segue to why. I, I got a good friend at a site that I post at quite a bit. He goes by the handle SendSport. If you Google SendSport, you'll probably find a lot of his postings. He has a journal, uh, SendSport dot live journal.com um i haven't told him i'm gonna quote his article that he wrote his blog that he wrote but i thought it was pretty good so i thought i would now sensport is a longtime contributor to this site that i'm a part of and he's a great guy by the way just overall great guy former race car driver i think musician uh just a great guy good thinker he wrote a blog and the blog he titled it meet the new fascist. Now, I agree with his article wholeheartedly, and I'm not going to read the whole part of it, but I'm going to read part of it that kind of gives you an idea of what his point was, and it was deep in his article, almost toward the end of it, that really kind of solidified what this point, what he's trying to make with meet the new fascist. I do, however, have an issue with um, his title, meet the new fascist. Uh, I, I think it really should just be meet the fascist or, or it should be meet the new fascist, same as the old fascist, because they are the same as the old fascist. And what his point, his overall point is, and I'll just kind of get to it is the left are the ones that are shutting you down. They're the ones that are uh, exhibiting fascist behavior. You know, this, you've listened to this show. We're on the same wavelength. We know the left are the fascists. We know Antifa are communists. We know they, and there's not a whole lot of difference between communism 
and fascism. They're just not. Now, the communists hate the fascists. The fascists hate the communists because neither one thinks they go far enough. When they're both evil and they're both totalitarian and they both suppress the masses. But here's his point. As you look at what Twitter and Facebook and Google and Apple and Amazon have done recently with shutting people's voices off, those are the fascists. And the Democrats are, are right along there with it. The Democrats follow along. The Democrats are the ones that uh, allow them to do this. If it were not for the Democrats in power, these fascist organizations wouldn't be allowed to do this. They are the fascists, not Trump. If Trump is a fascist, he's the worst freaking fascist that have ever been a fascist because he got bumped off of these social media platforms. If he was a fascist, he would have shut them down. Here's some examples that Sensport gives everyone to show this. And he's right. And his last one is spot on. And it speaks to what I've been talking about here for a little while, too. Uh, prevent, this is an incomplete list, he puts. And he's right about that. There's a huge list. There's more people that will be fascists or that will exhibit these behaviors. From Sensports article or blog, Laura Loomer. Remember, you know who she is? Laura Loomer. She's an activist uh, from the right, uh, ran for Congress. I'm not a big fan of her, but he makes, but he brings her up as a good point. She was banned from every social media platform except Parler, and look what happened to Parler. Look what they did to Parler. I mean, Lynn Wood was on Parler saying some outrageous stuff. He should have every right to say those outrageous things. So Parler is the one who gets banned. See, Section 230 is supposed to protect Parler, but it didn't here. Why? Because the fascists shut them down. So she's not only been fan, banned from every social media, she's banned from Uber, Lyft, Uber Eats, Chase Bank, PayPal, Venmo, GoFundMe, private gun ownership. She was red flagged by the FBI despite ne never being charged or convicted of any crime. And Comcast blocked her congressional campaign from sending out texts and emails to her supporters and voters. I mean, that's not fascism? Uh, Gavin McInnes, also a political activist, banned from Twitter, Facebook, PayPal, iTunes. Yes, iTunes. Uh, Senseport writes, wait, iTunes? Really? How do you, how do you, he's right. How do you, you ban somebody from iTunes? I mean, he got, a man got banned from iTunes. iTunes. Alex Jones banned from everything except Alex Jones is on, well, maybe I shouldn't say it, but he is, uh, um, he is on Gab. And Gab, what happened to Gab is they were deplatformed, but Gab uh, is financing themselves and it has, figured out how to stay viable and be out there on the internet. And that's what Parler's working on. They'll be back. Parler will be back. Uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, if I'm saying it right, he was banned from all these platforms. Paul Joseph Watson, he is a writer from Prison Planet, which is part of Alex Jones' uh, organization, banned from Facebook. In fact, Sensport writes, anyone who shares one of his videos or speaks positively of him on Facebook gets banned too. Uh, however, he still has his YouTube, YouTube channel up. And look what happened to us. Our YouTube channel, we had a video pulled down for a reason that they didn't explain. And when I asked them to explain it, they just said, uh, we've replied back. You can't do anything about it. If I have one more violation, I'm blocked for a week. If I have another one after that, I'm, I'm suspended. I'm banned. It's that simple. Been banned a couple of times on Twitter. I'm sure the ban on that one's coming soon. Been banned on TikTok. So who are the fascists? But here's the one. Here's the one that really drives the point home is Donald Trump. The 45th president of the United States. Ladies and gentlemen, he was the president, the 45th president of the United States. The 45th, he was the sitting United States president. So while he was a sitting president, Twitter banned him, Facebook banned him. Now, Facebook since uh, unbanned him, I guess you could say, but he's not doing anything with it. Good on him. But he was president of the United States. He was banned from Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Snapchat, Shopify. Yes, Shopify, Stripe, Twitch, Reddit and send sport jokes, probably Tinder. Uh, he was dropped by email provider Campaign Monitor. The PGA dropped their championship event at his New Jersey course. He's dropped by Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank, by the way, has $300 million loans. They're trying to figure out how to pull those loans. Why? Because he was the president of the United States, and they're using this excuse of January 6th, which we now know, uh, if you listened to the show yesterday, go back and listen to it. We now know there was Antifa that were leading that charge, and there's more videos coming out, by the way. Uh, also, Signature Bank dropped him. Signature Bank closed his account and said, here's your 
million. And other banks and credit card companies have stopped making and or processing political donations. Most are also ceasing campaign donations to any member of Congress that supported Trump and or didn't vote to certify the election. And as you already heard, the city of New York has canceled a contract with the Trump Inc. Trump Inc. for an ice cream ice uh, skating rink that they manage and also they are let's see florida bank announced thursday that it has closed down former president trump's account joining a growing list of entities that have cut ties with the former president following the deadly january 6 riot in his financial disclosures, by the way, he claimed that he had uh, between $5.1 million and $25.2 million in this bank. And the left is shutting him down. Now, this man was our president of the United States, and they want to destroy him. They want to destroy this man. But it's not just about Trump. In fact, it's not about Trump. Senseport's point is absolutely spot on. They are the fascists. My only uh, pushback would be his title, meet the new fascists. No, it should be meet the new fascists, same as the old fascists, because they've always been there. But now they have power, and they have power backed by the Democrat Party. The media, big tech, big corporation now have the Democrat Party backing them up. In fact, the Democrat Party are the ones that are working with them to do this. I've mentioned this before. During the Obama administration, uh, they, they did what was called Operation Chokehold. They had the big banks go and uh, they forced, actually pressured the big banks to stop doing businesses with payday lenders, pawn shop brokers, uh, and gun manufacturers. So these entities couldn't get money. If you have a business, a big business, you need money to manage the business. You need money coming in to pay your payroll as your revenue comes in. It's a revolving door. Money and business goes around in a circle. It comes in and it goes out. It comes in and it goes out. So the banks give you money for your payroll. You pay your payroll. The employees generate the revenue. The revenue goes back to pay the loan, and they cut them off. So you don't, if you don't think the Biden administration is going to be doing things like that as well, I got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. I'm going to sell it to you cheap, real cheap. I'll give it to you for a dollar. Just send me your dollar. I'll send you this deed to the Brooklyn Bridge. It's a nice bridge. It needs some painting, though. It's a little rough. I mean, it's in New York. So if you don't see that, you're not paying attention, but you do. You do. If you're listening to this, you do. If you're a leftist listening to this or watching it, you're, you, you don't believe it. You think I'm the fascist, and you have no proof. You have no example of me being a fascist, nor do you have any example of Trump being a fascist. In fact, if you're a leftist watching or listening to this, you think we're the racist. You think I'm the racist. You think Trump's the racist, and you never give an example of how we are racist. You just say we are. Because your overlords, the people who control you, tell you to say that. And those people, who are they? That's your Democrats, your big tech, your media. They tell you what to think because you're too stupid to think on your own. But there are 74 million people out there that voted for President Trump who feel disenfranchised. And they're not sitting down. Currently... Today, the hashtag that's uh, uh, trending is hashtag impeach Biden. Think about that. Hashtag. So this is what they did to Trump when he got elected. The same thing's happening. We're using your tactics against you, leftists. That was Solowinski's rule, right? Make them live up to their own ideals. Use their tactics against them. And that's exactly what we should be doing. We need to take back the Republican Party, uh, ensure election integrity for the 2022 election, and fight back using their own tactics. Make them live up to their ideals. If the left are not wearing masks, challenge them on it because they should be wearing masks. Now, when I say that, don't get in anybody's face. I'm not going to do what Barack Obama did and say, uh, we need to get into their face. We need to challenge them. If they, if you, they bring a knife, you bring a gun to a fight. He said that, by the way. Uh, what? You, you leftist? You don't, you, don't, you don't remember that? Uh, wow, here's what he said. They're going to try to scare people. They're going to try to say that, that Obama is a scary guy. If they bring a knife to the fight, we bring a gun. Because from what I understand, folks in Philly like a good brawl. I've seen Eagles fans, quote-unquote, Barack Obama, June 13th, 2008. 
So, yeah, <clears throat> no, it's time, people. Don't take shit from no one. Don't take shit from these pansy ass leftists that are out there trying to uh, intimidate you and shutting you down. Don't fight with them. Mock them. Make them look stupid. You can't make them feel stupid because they don't know how. They don't know what that means. They don't have feelings. They, they emote, but they don't really have feelings. They don't understand it. They're stupid. They're not bright people. That's the first thing you got to understand about a leftist. And it was funny. Years and years ago, I was on this site. Uh, debating a leftist and this leftist would come on and berate people and it dawned on me he's not that bright and once i realized they're not smart they come across they try to act like they are smart they try to use words that are big words and try to you know eloquently say things and all they're doing is mashing words it's just word salad they're not bright people they're not they may be highly educated people they may have high degrees but they're not smart. Ah, don't ever let the left intimidate you thinking they're smart. Okay, I've I, I, I ranted on enough about that. I think the point came across. So I think you got it. So let me switch gears, roll out one last story, and uh, then we'll close out the uh, show for today. So this is from a tweet I saw uh, from one of my Twitter followers. And I follow him too, so I guess I'm a follower. I hate saying followers, but I just hate it. Uh, this is from Farrell Ross at uh, H-A-V-E-A Concern. I guess Hava Concern. That's his handle on Twitter. He tweeted this out. While COVID-19 fills the news, what else is the House of Representatives doing? House Bill H.R. 5717 will add 30% tax on all guns and a 50% tax on all ammo and will require a federal license to purchase both. And he goes on in the tweet that he put, while uh, this is trying to push through immediately. Now I'm going to explain that in a minute. Uh, it says, pass this on, da, da, da. He said, this is what they were doing while they were distracting us with COVID-19. So this bill, House Resolution 5717, was introduced in the last Congress. Not the current sitting Congress. It was introduced in the last Congress, but it was held over. It was, it's in process. It, it was left in process. Now, why did they do that? We know why they did that. They're going to wait till after the election. They, still, they thought they were going to get more House seats, but they still have the House. Now they have the Senate and the presidency. This is what's coming. House Resolution 5717. And it says here in here. Um, let me see. How it, 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 it's titled, it's way down. I haven't read the whole thing. I've read through it. Industry reform. I think that's it. Here it is. Increase. It's section 803. That's how big this thing is. Increase in excise tax relating to firearms. So here's what it says. There is uh, hereby imposed upon the sale by the manufacturer, producer, and importer of the following articles at a tax equivalent to the specified percent of the price for which was which so sold. In other words, this is the tax on the um, on the firearm. Uh, articles taxable at thirty percent. Here's what they're taxing at 30%. A, pistols. B, revolvers. C, firearms other than pistols and revolvers. So pretty much everything. Uh, D, any lower frame or receiver for a firearm, whether for semi-auto pistol, rifle, or shotgun, that is designated to accommodate interchangeable upper receivers. All of that taxed at 30% more. So if you go buy a firearm, if this passes, 30% more. On top of the sales tax. 30% more. Uh, here it is, Article 2. Two articles taxable at 50%. Shells and cartridges. There you go. Shells and cartridges taxable at 50%. So this is sitting in Congress right now under proposal, and there's a whole slew. This is a monstrous bill. It is designed to curtail gun. It's designed to make it so difficult for you to own a firearm that you just won't do it. You won't go through the process. You won't pay the 30% tax. You won't pay the 50% tax. You won't want to go get a license because yes, it's going to tell you you need a license just to even purchase a gun as well as a license for the guns you already own. Oh yeah, it's all in there. That, that, it was, that little tweet was absolutely correct. Here it is. I'll put a link to it in my show notes. Uh, it's all in here. You are going to be taxed uh, on the firearm and the ammunition and anything you buy for the firearm. You're going to be told how you have to store it. Remember when seconds counts and your firearm's minutes away? I know the old joke is when seconds counts, police are only minutes away. Well, in this case, when seconds, when moments count, uh, it's going to take me a couple minutes to get my firearm out of lockup. 
Okay, that that you you will have to do this, and it's going to have you uh, tell you where to store it, how to store it, impose a tax, impose licensing. So they want to make it as difficult as possible until they can amend the Constitution of the United States. They want to get rid of the Second Amendment. This is their workaround right now. So look out for House Resolution 5717 because it is coming. Yeah, I know. I'm a Debbie Downer today, aren't I? Man, I didn't really expect it to go this way when I started the show. But anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Please do visit us on our website, thepblpodcast.com. All of our social media links are there. Uh, we are current on Twitter. We don't know how long it's going to last because right now, losing about 200, 250 followers a day. Uh, I gain a lot a day, but I lose a lot a day, and I'm losing more than I'm gaining. It's amazing to watch. And, you know, it's only a matter of time before the plug is pulled because Twitter, the fascists, are purging at an alarming rate, trying to say it's only QAnon counts. It's BS. I have nothing on my account that says QAnon, so maybe that's why they haven't got to me yet. If it's alphabetical, maybe that's why they haven't got to me yet. You know, V, Vleet. Uh, YouTube's already sent notice. I've got two more strikes and then I'm done on YouTube. And I have no idea what I did on YouTube to get the first strike. So I'll have no idea what I did to get the second strike and no idea what happened when they finally pulled the plug because they just won't tell you. Already been banned from a TikTok. But there are other platforms out there that we are on and our handle on all of these platforms are the PBL podcast. You can find us almost on all of them as the PBL podcast, except for YouTube, where politics and brown liquor are there. Uh, and also on iTunes, please do give us a five star. In fact, right now, if you're on iTunes, stop what you're doing and give us a five star rating. It helps with the algorithms as well as subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Can't say it enough. And if you want, give us a, a little review there on the iTunes. That helps as well with the algorithms. But five star, five star. If you're uh, again, if you're listening to the show and you're on your Apple phone, your iPhone, give us a five-star rating right now. I'll wait. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you for giving us that rating. I cannot begin to tell you how much Woody and I appreciate it. Again, thank you for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor.